This is Stephen Bedard, and I want to talk to you about the Jesus myth theory. If you're not familiar with the Jesus myth theory, it's the idea that there was no Jesus of Nazareth. He just was not a historical figure. It's a complete fiction. And not only that, they believe that the gospel stories about Jesus were based upon pagan myths, upon other uh, godmen, demigods, heroes, whatever. And those myths were just kind of given a, uh, a Jewish uh, outer appearance and turned into the story of Jesus. What I want to do in the next few moments is not to give a systematic rebuttal of the Jesus myth theory, but rather just to vent my frustration, to tell you what really bothers me about the Jesus myth theory, what just bugs me, what gets me angry when I think about it. And so it might stray to the emotional, but that's what you're going to get, at least as emotional as I get. Anyways, the two things that bug me about the Jesus myth theory is, first of all, how they look at the pagan myths and then how they look at the biblical evidence. So I'm going to start with the, the pagan side, first of all. Uh, it is not uncommon for you to hear a Jesus mythicist to say uh, Jesus was based upon these other pagan figures uh, because uh, what happened to him and what's described about him is found exactly in these other myths. So they'll take a look at figures like Horus or Dionysus or Mithras and say, well, these figures were born of a virgin and uh, Jesus was born of a virgin. So obviously the gospel writers just took the story of Horus and Dionysus and Mithras and other figures and and use that as the, the foundation for that part of Jesus. Or they would do the same thing about uh, crucifixion. They will actually say that these figures were crucified, uh, that these figures were, were raised from the dead. And it is okay for us to be looking for common themes. There's nothing wrong with looking at either mythological figures or other ancient historical figures and looking at the themes there and seeing if there is any similarity between what we find in those stories and what we find in the story of Jesus. That is perfectly legitimate. The problem is, is that they misrepresent what is found in those actual myths. They'll say that these figures were born of a virgin and yet when you look at the story, what the story says, it, first of all, it doesn't indicate that the mother was a virgin in the first place. Oftentimes they're already married and there might even be older children already in the story. Uh, not only that, uh, often there is some kind of description of intercourse between the, the uh, mother and the father. Uh, what it may end up being is that it is a divine father and a mortal mother and they're having intercourse, and then these Jesus mythicists are describing that as a virgin birth. Well, you can't have a virgin birth and intercourse at the same time. It doesn't work that way. What they're doing is trying to take uh, Christian theological language and apply that to these other myths in order to 
make it look like there is a similarity. The same thing happens with a death. Uh, they'll just say that this figure was was crucified. And what ends up happening when you actually look at the story, it's that they were killed from a scorpion sting or something like that. Uh, it is nothing to do with a crucifixion. And yet they will say that because they're trying to, to emphasize the similarity. The similarity, which really isn't there. Uh, there are other times that they'll say that the figure has been raised from the dead. And really all it means is that they have a position of power in the underworld or maybe uh, flowers emerge from around their body or something like that. Uh, they will take these themes and totally misrepresent them. And that bugs me as someone who actually enjoys uh, ancient mythology. Uh, I've studied classics in the past and I find it really interesting. It bugs me that they misrepresent it in that way. The second thing that really bugs me, though, about the Jesus myth is the way that they look at the evidence for Jesus. So they will say something like there is no evidence for the historical Jesus, no evidence. And when you actually give them the evidence, they'll just say, no, I, uh, I reject that. That, that. that doesn't work. And so they will say something like uh, we can't use the Gospels because they are part of Christian scripture and therefore are not eligible to be used as historical sources. Well, says who? We would use other uh, scriptural uh, writings from other religions and use them uh, to piece together what was happening historically. So why can't we do that? Who says you cannot use Christian scripture? What if the Gospels had never been turned into scripture? What if they were just uh, four biographies that were around? Could we have used them then? Uh, they'll say something like, well, they were written too late. Uh, so uh, we don't actually know exactly when the Gospels were written. But let's say that they were written uh, between uh, 70 and 90. We'll just, for the sake of argument, we'll say that. Uh, we'll, we'll say that it's, uh, you know, 40 uh, to uh, 60 years after the events. Well, why can't you use that? That's not too late. That's actually uh, much closer to the events than what we normally do. And this really gets to the point I'm trying to make. The, the, the way that they're trying to look at history is not the way we do history. We do not use that criteria when we look at any other ancient figure. We don't look at a writing and say, well, you know, they weren't writing just um, plain history. There's evidence here of a philosophical or a religious or a political bias in this writing. And so we can't use that. We don't do that. That is not the way we do history. We look at all of the writings. Of course, we look at the bias. And when we read the Gospels, we should take into account the bias that's there. But that doesn't mean we reject the Gospels or the letters of Paul or anything else and say that there is no evidence. If we actually use the criteria that Jesus Smithesis claim is appropriate for Jesus, if we use that for all other ancient figures, we would pretty much have to say we know nothing about the ancient world. We don't know that anyone from back then existed because there is better evidence for Jesus than most other uh, historical figures from that time period. And so those are the two things that really bug me. So if you're a Jesus mythicist, uh, 
and you're trying to convince people that Jesus didn't exist and he was just based on pagan figures, don't do these things, okay? I would encourage you to, first of all, read the myths for yourselves. Don't just read from another mythicist who says, well, so-and-so was born of a virgin, so-and-so was crucified, so-and-so was raised on the third day, and so therefore Jesus must be based on that so-and-so. Uh, don't do that. Read the actual myths. And if you're not sure how we can believe that Jesus existed based on the evidence we have, I'd encourage you to look a little bit more at ancient history and how historians, not uh, New Testament scholars or theologians or anything like that, but just how historians try to piece together the past, how they look to compile information about an ancient figure and see how that fits with the way we look at Jesus. That would be my advice to you. Thank you for listening to my rant. I hope you check out my website. I have a whole website that is focused on the Jesus myth theory. It is jesusmyththeory.com. I couldn't make it any simpler than that. Thank you and God bless.